0: Pop Retro, a podcast devoted to pop culture. Now, here are your hosts, Patrick and Mike Gross. I love that last line about the moon landing being faked. I think it was Neil deGrasse Tyson who said that uh, it would just be easier to go to the moon. (laughs) And and he's right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. How the secrets they would have to keep. But uh, that's a podcast for another time, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are. By the way, I am Patrick Gross. I am Mike Gross. And this is Pop Retro. This is officially like, is this the first episode of the year? This is first episode of 2022. Today we're going to talk about women in rock. We know before we get going, we know that we're going to miss some people. We're not going to mention certain people. Uh, We're not going to mention Madonna. We're not going to talk about Deborah Gibson because we want to talk about the influential women in what we would call rock
1: music. In a world that's dominated mostly by men, uh, I think sometimes they are uh, overlooked or maybe uh, looked at differently as
0: rather than being looked at as serious, good artists and musicians. One such musician, and we'll talk about, like I said, there's a lot that we could talk about. Um, you and I kind of talked about last night, uh, you were asking me about the Joan Jett documentary, Bad Reputation, which I, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It gives you a perspective of Joan Jett that you probably have never had. Uh, there's no reason to have known that she was a active producer on many, many different albums and specifically punk rock acts like bands that were not mainstream, but she was uh, affecting music and making it possible for these bands that otherwise would have never been heard from. But she's just so influential. The same could be said about Stevie Nicks. The same could be said about. Uh, I think Stevie Nicks is somebody that kind of gets overlooked a lot in the world of rock. Yeah, and you mentioned Joan Jett.
1: I mean, obviously, I think I think you probably just going back a little bit further. There's a, a group. Maybe some people know this, some people don't, but I think it might be fitting to start. You know, talking about the the group, the Runaways. Hey, stay at home. I mean there's a lot of connections there with some of the people that we're going to talk about you might disagree but maybe that'd be a good uh, place that we can uh, kind of uh, start diving
0: in a little bit i think that's the perfect place like you said you know when we talk about bands like uh, judas priest when we talk about bands like iron maiden uh, some of the american metal bands uh you could go down a list and just pick out 10 random male driven metal bands and you could go back and start talking about The roots of, you know, Black Sabbath, for instance. Black Sabbath is kind of like one of those uh, bands that if you made a uh, a family tree, if you could build this uh, uh, genealogy of heavy metal and rock and roll, especially in the middle to late 80s, you'd have to go back to the 70s and you would discover Black Sabbath. But similarly, The Runaways, which... Was just kind of almost like a goof to begin with, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you know,
1: obviously they didn't hit, you know, they weren't huge in in, in America. They, I think, they had some uh, stardom in uh, Japan, but yeah, they weren't like really a big deal in in America. For those who don't know, the Runaways had several lineups over the years, but I guess the most notable in the beginning lineup included Joan Jett and Lita Ford. I mean, Sandy West, Sherry Curry, and Jackie Fox also, but I think the two that really stand out, especially for our
0: top Today would be uh, Joan Jett, obviously, and then uh, Lita Ford. If you go back and listen to that record, it's not great, but there is something like really raw and really like, and you got to (laughs) think these were 15 year old girls. This wasn't like. Like if a 15-year-old, a rock band full of 15-year-old girls, if you saw that on the internet now, you go, oh, cool, of course. But we're talking about at a time when they literally had to kind of fight their way onto stage and they had to fight their way off a stage every night. And they certainly didn't get the respect they deserve. And uh, and again, I don't want to go too deep on this, but if you get a chance, watch The Bad Reputation because it will give you a perspective of the... Fifteen-year-old Joan Jett trying to navigate a world where, frankly, she wasn't really wanted. Uh, same, same with Lita Ford. Lita Ford left the band because, well, she left the band for a couple of different reasons. But we're talking about like qualified guitarists, musicians, the rangers, producers, uh, and as Mike mentioned. Uh, Joan Jett and Lita Ford argue well Joan Jett became the singer I guess of The Runaways before she actually went out on her own and she got the Blackhearts shortly thereafter I can't remember the producer's name who teamed up with her and uh, managed her through it all but anyway Lita Ford dude like you can't talk about 80s metal without talking about Lita I'll Ford
1: Oh, not at all. Not at all. And studying for this, I, I had actually forgotten some of the, her uh, earlier, which I think is re- still really good stuff. I mean, um, her album uh, Dancing on the Edge um, had um, Dress to Kill on it. And um, a song called Gotta Let Go. Both those, just really heavy rotation on MTV. And um, and I, just kind of a, as an aside, for those who don't know, but for guitar players, you'll get this, um, Lita Ford, was most known for at least in my experience playing bc rich guitars right well my very first guitar and as influenced by lita ford having a bc rich uh, my very first electric guitar was a bc rich warlock and so i have to uh, attribute that to uh, no other than Lita ford
0: i love that guitar uh, do, do
1: you still have that guitar I do, yeah. It's it's in pieces right now. I've, I've had this dream I was going to kind of revamp it a little bit with some new pickups and electronics and stuff, and got it taken apart, and then life got in the way and just haven't got it back
0: together just yet. Well, that, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you. Me and Lita Ford are going to challenge you to get that guitar functioning by the end of this year. How's that? All right, that's good. That's I need, I need that little swift kick in the pants. Lita Ford... I she was never. I don't know. I think she was destined to be a solo act. I'm trying to think. Of, well, Doro Pesh, and You know, it's funny. You, 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 as soon as you said Warlock, I thought about Doral <laughs> Pesh, And of course, if you've if you've never checked out Warlock, they had like one or two mild hits in the middle eighties.
1: For those who don't know, Warlock is a uh, German metal band um, that was fronted by female singer,
0: uh, Doro Pitsch. I loved them. I thought they were great. Of course, there were a lot of bands back then that we were just talking about. the. You go back and watch some of those videos, and you go, what was I thinking? <laughs> <What> was <laughs> the I- song's good, but the video itself. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. You sit there, and I'm sure, at least, you know, I saw this great interview, and I don't want to get off on uh, too far off on uh topic, but I saw this great interview with David Coverdale, and he, that's what he was talking about. They they said well what what do you remember about the eighties he said it was ridiculous <laughs> it was all ridiculous uh, and if you think about it and we obviously we weren't in White Snake but we were in a metal band in the eighties a working metal band and you look back on it and you go what were we thinking like this was ridiculous uh, like yes yeah. some I of just- the pictures with hair extensions and we were just trying man we were doing the best we could we were young oh, yeah. and stupid and but anyway. Uh, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Vixen. Oh, yeah. Talk about a formidable band.
1: Yeah, I know they went through some uh, change-ups and lineups, and had maybe some legal issues, you know, with uh, one of the founding members. And so, obviously, this isn't the time that we're going to get into that. But, yeah, so they're still active. I follow them on uh, Instagram, and they're actively touring, uh, founded in 1980s. In one form or another, they've uh, been going strong since then. You know
0: I, and I'm, I could be wrong about this, but I this is something we'd have to look up. I, I, I want to say it, but I'll look it up. And if, how's this? I'm going to say something, and uh, I might edit this entire next part out so as I don't sound like a complete idiot. Uh, but if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Petrucci sisters were in a band with Sebastian Bach, uh, hmm. obviously pre-Skid Row. I could be wrong about that, but I don't know why. But that just popped into my head, and I thought, oh. Yeah, the Petrucci sisters. I remember them. The drummer Wasn't it a drummer and a guitar player or a drummer and a bass player? Or uh, That was a long time ago, and uh, the 80s were a long time ago. One thing about Vixen, and especially
1: probably their biggest hit, Edge of a Broken Heart, one thing I just learned, actually, uh, recently, I did not realize that the song uh, was actually co-written by and produced by none other than Richard Marks. Richard Marks and P. Waybill of The Tubes. All right, to go with what you were saying earlier about the, the Petrucci Sisters, um, I'd forgotten this. Yeah, so Sebastian Bach was vocals in a band with them from 86 88. Uh, in the band, I totally remember it now, Madame X. Oh,
0: Madame X, that's what it was. Oh, my yeah. gosh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't remember a ton about them, but I do remember the name. Yeah, so, yeah. I knew there's. – I'm telling you, man, a lot of this stuff isn't organized. that's <laughs> rolling around in my head, but I'm the master of useless information. Um, there you go. See, I don't know would Alanis Morissette fall into this discussion? Could she fall into this discussion? I know she came around in the '90s, but she's not pop, but she's not rock, but she's somewhere. She's close. How's that? Kind of between, kind of between grunge and pop. I don't know. And I just realized that just now, I sounded like I was doing a bad Jeff Goldblum impression which then reminds me that now we have a Jeff Goldblum reference in the first episode of 2022. I feel pretty good about that. But anyway, I'm trying to think of other artists. Uh, Well, Deborah Harry, Blondie, man, like, wow. I tell you a group that, honestly, until I was
1: uh, kind of researching for this episode, that I thought I knew about them, but I didn't know as much about them as I thought I did. Mm -hmm. Um, Heart. Wow! I did not realize that their genesis went all the way back to 1967. It wasn't even formed by the Wilson sister. Uh, For those who don't know, the heart, as most people know, is Anne and Nancy Wilson. Um, So it was formed in 1967 by this bass player, another guy. And then the original name was The Army. Then became Hocus Pocus just a short time later. A couple of years later was White Heart. And then finally in 1973 was when they actually took on the name Heart. Much earlier than I realized and didn't realize that they didn't start it. Then looking at the albums, good grief. During this time, they had all, most of them had relocated to Canada. But anyway, their first three or four albums were like platinum albums. And first one came out in 1975. And the one that, most people, again, most people know would be Heart and Bad Animals that came out in 85, 86, or 87, sorry, with songs like What About Love, Never, These Dreams, Nothing At All, Alone, all those. I mean, but they had, like, platinum-selling albums and chart-topping hits as far back as 1975, which is um, totally new
0: to me. Was it Steamboat Annie? Uh, uh,
1: Dreamboat Annie. Dreamboat Annie, that's what it was. Yeah. Songs we know, Crazy on You, Magic Man, but I just didn't, didn't realize how far back that went or anything
0: as far as I'm concerned, like Ann Wilson, I, and I say this, uh, I've had this discussion with many of my friends and you and I both have some mutual musician friends. And I know I've had this discussion with them as well. Tell me a better rock singer than Ann Wilson. And I know, I don't mean female rock singer. I I mean, tell me, name a, a rock singer that is better than Ann Wilson. You You might be able to name a few that are in the same, uh, the aforementioned Sebastian Bach might be one of those uh, that you could say, okay, the aforementioned, uh, well, I didn't talk about Rob Halford, but I mentioned Judas Priest, Rob Halford, another, just a singer, like, whoa, how does he make his voice do that? Ann Wilson, every time I hear her sing Crazy on You, I almost fall out of the chair because I'm just like, how does somebody, and again, like you said, this is like 1975. This isn't auto tune. This isn't, this is like somebody in a studio with a microphone in front of them.
1: It's real deal talent
0: and energy and power. Yeah. From Seattle. Just a, just a cool bunch of, and Magic Man. I I love that song. I love Barracuda. Barracuda, yeah. All of those killer songs. Um, The Go-Go's, are are they in this talk? The Bangles?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess they'd have to be. I was thinking maybe a little bit edgier material, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I I think you'd have to add the Bangles and Go-Go's. All these uh, ladies that we're talking about are just fantastic, phenomenal artists, musicians, singers, who, despite all the obstacles, really set a tone and set an example for uh, artists today
0: i totally agree with that i was just thinking about uh, i can't remember how to say her name jennifer batten she played with uh, michael jackson mm-hmm. uh i'm trying to think there's another guitar player that i i follow on instagram and i just
1: yeah. uh, uh maybe that's it but- there's also nita strauss Nina Strauss was uh, Alice Cooper's guitarist at one point. She may still be. But thinking about, you know, we mentioned Joan Jett earlier. Think about some of her big hits. I Love Rock and Roll from 1982. I never realized that it was a cover song. Yep. Um, Crimson and Clover, another hit from 81, actually. So a year before that it was also a cover song.
0: I can't remember who, who originally did I Love Rock and Roll, but it, it was actually, they, it was on the charts, and uh, I think in 1974, 75, I can't remember the artist who did 75, it.
1: 75, uh, The Arrows. Oh, yeah, that's right. And Tommy James um, and the Shondells, uh, for those who don't know, not only did they write Crimson and Clover, also wrote some other uh, hits that we may recognize from other artists. Moni uh, Monee and i think we're alone now we're just two that come to mind
0: well, i think we're alone now uh tiffany yeah actually did uh, she's not a woman of rock but she is right. a notable uh, female artist um and the ramones i mean i don't know why i said that
1: <laughs> And um, speaking of the Ramones, (laughs) the the Runaways, and then obviously Joan Jett, I mean, the Runaways where we talked about them at the top, they, I mean, obviously, I think we're considered punk rock and um, happy to be considered that. And just obviously, that's the look and sound they had. But uh, even Joan Jett still carry that on. If you listen to that uh, intro, most of the song, actually, but the intro, especially to Bad
0: Reputation, sounds so much like the Ramones. I guess that's the thing that made Joan Jett so successful. Uh, when she started singing for the Runaways after Sherry left the band, uh, Sherry Curry she she was the singer at one time. But when once she left the band, think about this: this is how bad Joan Jett wanted to make it. And again, we're talking about teenage girls here in a world where they are not welcome where they literally have their record company saying, we're we're going to try to kill this record. We're going to try to kill this song so we don't have to put you on tour. Having um, men trying to take advantage of them, and just all just, the different crazy stuff. Banana stuff. And then after Sherry leaves the band mid-tour, by the way, guess who has to sing for the Runaways? Joan Jett. And that's how it happened. All of a sudden, people stopped talking about the runaways, and they started talking about this. Uh, from what I understand, Joan Jett's a very small woman. She's like 5'2", or 5'5", five five, something like that. Even when she holds a guitar, it looks crazy because it looks like it weighs 9,000 pounds. But can you imagine that? And and we're talking, again, in 1981, 82, mm-hmm. uh, right before... And it was almost like a perfect storm because... It was right before MTV. MTV. Yeah, we've talked about that other episodes, just that MTV catapulted these artists' careers. But when she started singing, it blew people's minds because, again, this little tiny person. And when you listen to her sing, I don't care if it's I love rock and roll or whatever Bad Reputation listen to whatever song I hate myself for loving you listen to her vocals and it is like a it is like a a wild animal and her guitar riffs man like you alluded to it you can tell what her influences are. You don't need, oh yeah, to. yeah. Uh, and again, she she was kind of in this world where she kind of went along with the program. Obviously, she wanted to be a successful musician and she wanted to sell records and she wanted to uh, be successful. And why wouldn't she? But deep down inside, she that when I say she's a producer, I don't know that she produced any mainstream stuff. I think all of the stuff that she produced. Uh, and even wrote for uh, on the side were j- just these these punk bands that were trying to make it back in the day. And so she was true to her roots and she still was one of the biggest rock stars on planet earth. And again, it, this all started when she was 15, uh, 14, 15 and just went That's out. crazy. It's just something we were talking about and the influence that these women have had on music in general, not just Other females, but just on music in general, I think, yeah, I think Joan Jett was a a testament to show, you know what, I think people can handle this. If you just let me do my thing. And I I think that she probably did in a weird kind of way, set the stage and open a lot of doors for all of the artists who followed her
1: so oh absolutely absolutely you know we's talking about her singing and her influence and stuff uh
0: just reading something here uh she says she learned to scream from mark Bolin, t-rex well i mean that makes sense uh and it's just like again if you go back and listen to even the scream the weird little scream in uh i love rock and roll which i've always thought it was such a strange like why would she scream right there but if you think about it, if she didn't do that little scream, and obviously I'm going to play a little bits and pieces of this song, so right now is probably the time.
1: Yeah, um, some of our other influence, she list here: uh, Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, David Bowie, uh, Humble Pie grand funk obviously t-rex and the the sex pistols
0: I, i would say that lita ford's influences would probably be very similar i was trying to think like uh you know you were talking about some of her hits from that record kiss me deadly kiss me deadly close my eyes forever the duet with ozzy
1: i mean i've kind of lamented for a while that just rock in general guitar music has been kind of on the downturn but it seemed like here last several years it's really picking up again but there's a awesome female band that's uh, i'd really encourage everyone to check out right now it's plush
0: oh yeah, um, yeah. plush rocks yeah
1: and uh, just check them out and uh, they're they're really awesome and uh, i mean we're talking about talented musicians uh, you know it's not a novelty actor they're, they're talented musicians singers um, their singer mariah from micah if i'm saying her name correctly she was uh, i think on the voice right Yep, and so just you know, real talents. It's not a novelty, and that's just encouraging to see that guitar rock is really taking off, and they can be successful. So I just uh, encourage everyone to check that out. But yeah, for me as a guitar player, I mean, I, I would have to say that Joan Jett was a huge influence. Just like you mentioned, MTV. You know, seeing her on the MTV, the power chords, the just the sounds, the whatever of, of that was. Uh, I mean, I love rock and roll. Obviously, came out in '82 and. That's just kind of when we started thinking about you know playing music, and so yeah, I'd have to list her as probably one of my top five influences as a guitar player.
0: And I think a lot of guitar players could make that assertion. Um, again, we could do fifteen episodes on the influence of MTV. Uh, you know, I was thinking about some of the some of the current like Hailstorm, Lizzie Hale, the singer for Hailstorm, phenomenal singer. I don't know if you've ever checked out Lizzie Hale, but. She is like right up there with Ann Wilson. Uh, she's got that Sebastian Bach, uh, just guttural, unreal uh, power and range. There's a band called Dorothy that uh, you should check out. Um, uh, there's Hame, uh, another you know guitar band. I think I'm saying that right. It's either Hame or something like that. I, I know it's spelled one way and you say it a different way. Uh, I'm trying to think of other artists out there right now. Um, There's actually a really cool band on uh, YouTube that I've found and they're called the Iron Maidens. Oh yeah. Yeah. They are a Iron Maiden tribute band, but it happens to be all girls. And I'm just like, that is so cool because I love Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is one of those bands that I just go, man, they're just so, they were just so ahead of their time and so different. And they were formidable musicians, all of them. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The entire band was like super musicians. And, So it just hurts my fingers listening to the bass lines. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy the precision and the speed. Uh, Nico McBrain, like one of the best drummers that ever lived. Don't get me wrong, it's not like he's doing jazz chops and stuff, but I mean, but he kind of is. And oh, by the way, he's also doing it at like 210 beats per minute. So (laughs) somebody who should get a lot of credit for this, honestly, is I know people see her as a pop star, but pink is somebody who is unapologetically a fan of rock music and she can do it all. And uh, I think that's why we're seeing this new wave of females getting their rock on. I think it's really cool, man.
1: So, just encourage uh, any uh, ladies maybe listening to this podcast, I mean, if you are interested in music, singing, playing an instrument, and, and feel like, well, that's just not something I can do, uh, put that thought out of your mind and just dive in, work hard, and, and don't listen to the doubters, and uh, just rock on.
0: Yeah, and just be so good that it doesn't matter whether or not you're a boy or girl. Just be so exactly. often awesome. they can't ignore you. You know, I maybe we need to revisit this at another time, and and maybe this will be... You know, because like I said, we kind of discussed this. First of all, please, again, understand we're, we're just two guys just trying to talk about something that was influential to us and important to us. If you are out there and you happen to be female and you feel like we missed something, I would love for you to correct us and, and fill us in. And maybe next time that's what we'll do. Maybe we'll try to have a, a, a closeted female rocker and have her break free of the chains of anonymity. And, and maybe they can educate us and and, and, and teach us a thing or to.
1: Yeah, we'd love to have you as a a guest and uh, contact us, the Pop Retro Podcast uh, on Instagram, send us a message, and we'd be glad to have you on and uh, discuss all these things. There you go.
0: We'll do that, man. We'll make it a party. I guess uh, it's time for us to go, but just thinking about the women in rock. If you're out there today and you're a a fan of rock and you're a fan of the women in rock, please network with us and let us know what you're thinking about, and we'll try to have some fun moving forward. Uh, We are going to try to be more regular, and I don't mean that we're going to eat a lot <laughs> of fiber i mean we're gonna try to be well we are gonna do that uh but we're gonna try to get an episode out by the last week of the month every month and that's that's a kind of a promise that we made made to ourselves so in addition to mike getting his uh, bc rich warlock put back together we're gonna try to be we'll see you in about 30 days something like that uh anyway i'm patrick gross i am my gross and you are listening to pop retro have a great day see ya
1: bye is a presentation of Snake Tree Media. Network with the Pop Retro Podcast by visiting popretropodcast.com. No robots were harmed in the making of this podcast.